welcome to Merrickville. <coughs> <coughs> Hi, City. How's that smoke haze? <coughs> Hasn't affected me. It's just uh, pop out for some fresh air. Uh, uh, good times. Well done. I mean, why not just do a backburn? Don't tell any of us about it. Just before you host, uh, I don't know, don't know if, it fin- if it affected the... Uh, City to surf race at all, Cam? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Did you today. run it, Cam? Of course I didn't. <laughs> Which I didn't affect you? I was indoors, didn't you? I was, in, I was in a van driving back from Canberra, sitting down and enjoying it. What, are you a captive? <laughs> yes. Just, where, I was, I was did just... you have a sock in your mouth? <laughs> that doesn't sound good. We'll get to that very shortly. Cam Knight within this afternoon. Under pressure. Something I've never felt here on radio. Need to have to concern to have pressure. Great to have your company, fellas. A lot of people's lungs are feeling under pressure today. Oh, you're not oh, wrong. Good. That's smoke haze. Cam Knight in the studio with me today. Funny yeah. you should say that, Cam. I woke up this morning and mm. I could smell the burning leaves and yeah. I just went, oh, you know who should go for a bit of a run around the bay this morning? Oh, you did You should. Damn right I did. Oh. Because the thing is, Cam, I'm a reformed smoker yes. and I've got to get that passive smoke inhalation any way I can. Well, every smoker in this city has just got d- good bang for their buck today, Absolutely. haven't they? Absolutely. Double yeah. dose. Double dipping is what they we are. went for a run. Yeah. I can't believe that. Did yeah. you did you do the City of the Surf on the weekend as well? No. 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 no I'm not no. a runner, Miz. I, I don't believe in running. I don't think there's any point of it unless well, it's from it, something that wants it, to kill or eat you to death. <laughs> and I've got a car. I'll just be like, see you later, lion. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> but you see, the thing is, the running gives you the preparation for that. Yeah. So that's the practice is that mm. constantly, when I was younger, so I, I run about eight Ks three times a week. Mm-hmm. Some people don't believe me when I say that, but it's true, right? He's got really fit police chasing after him. Well, that's it. Here's the thing. Liam Liam makes a joke about it, but he used to be an exceptional sprinter, right? I was very good over about 150 to 175 metres, roughly about how long a cop would chase me for. Over a fence. Should see me leap a fence. Were you good at hurdles? Yeah. I'm not even kidding. I used to tell people, I used to teach people fence jumping techniques. I'm not even joking. What's 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 the what's the trick? Run what's the, the trick fence, to it? Yes. Run at the fence, right? As soon as you're getting um, to the top of the fence yes. on the bar, there, you put your hands on the other side of the fence, throw them over, and grab hold, grip yeah. the fence, and then flip your legs. Oh, right you're a flipper, over. yeah, mate. Oh, you're a flipper. Yeah, he yes. runs it as far, so you're letting the motion sort of take you over rather yeah. than stopping, hop over, exactly. and jump. Don't yeah, throw your leg over. Stuff. Don't throw your leg over. Throw your hips over, right? Because you know. You got to get a clean getaway. Why am I? Interested? I don't know. Mez- You're Mez- really helping Mez- out the cat burglars. This is a part-time town. asylum seeker consultant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, everybody, welcome to Madness Island. This is uh, Merrick. He'll be teaching you <laughs> how to flip over jump, fence. French jumping techniques. Uh, now we're talking about the smoke haze. Yeah. It, is, it is kind of ridiculous. Obviously, what has happened is that, and this happens from time to time. We know this mm. in Sydney is that without any warning prior to, um, we're all just uh, part of a smoke in haze. a cloud. They're doing yeah. a burn off up in uh, the Blue Mountains. Mm. Now that's obviously it's a smart thing to do burn offs. It uh, is. It's it, preventative, but also too, it's actually uh, you know you've got pyrogenetic um, plants in the Blue Mountains which get a bit of fire and they they go uh, pyrophilic is the term for it. Oh yeah. <sighs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cares? Captain Thesaurus, yeah, move on. Pyrophilic. <laughs> sounds like something Rob Harris oh, yes, does. Yes, it does. It really does. I was like, oh, Rob I don't Harris know about this. Pyrophilic. <laughs> anyway. There's Bernie plants why up don't in they the blue mountains. Plants that like being torched <laughs> yeah. is what why, they are. Why do we get no warning prior to these things? I think because we, we'd probably protest. I think we'd probably <laughs> say, don't. But we couldn't protest in this. We'd just get halfway through the post protest and have to go inside. Exactly. Just exactly. wheezing get, and coughing our get, way through it. You get tired and you get a bit exhausted. But it reminds me, like, you know, sometimes when they get 
And I feel I feel sorry for them. Sometimes they the best intentions are let's do a little bit of a burn back, mm. and then every now and again we see it on the news. Burnback has gone out of control. <laughs> and you just go, yeah. oh, Troy. Funny that, nature. <laughs> How it just wants to do its own thing. <laughs> I like how they just go, it's, there's no report of strong winds, mm. but there are strong winds, but the report says, no, let's torch it and see whether those winds <laughs> drop off. And then before you know it, it's cash. That's not, I don't think mm. that's the case now, but uh, it's certainly the winds have carried the smoke towards the city and not towards areas like Lithgow and other places we don't give mm. a shit about. <laughs> 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 what? Yeah. What? Oh, sorry. Does anyone care about Lithgow here? It's oh, I do actually. They're a great people. Yeah, they're. they're <laughs> people. Have you and, ever you have a little broadcast there? You have a little fire that's got out of control. Oh, <laughs> that was going to be the name you were running running from. <laughs> that was going to be the name of this show before Merrickville. <laughs> Merrickville bin fire. Uh, my mum brought up one recently and told my kids about an event that we had. Uh, it was an incident, we'd call it, at mm. the Watts house. So I grew up on a, about a, a, an acre of land and we had some uh, pine trees down the bottom of our property. And uh, so, you know, one day my mate Muzz, who had red hair, so therefore he was born for fire. Mm. Um, <laughs> we had some family friends come up. My parents had like a, I don't know, like a shindig, you'd call it. Anyway, there's a lot of families around. And they expressly said, don't be a dickhead today. <laughs> To right. me, they just can one day, just today, just for something new, don't be you, be somebody else, be better than you. Did you have that look in your eye though? Or did you just have that in your eye every Constantly. day? Constantly. I went, yeah. you're telling this to a guy whose best mate standing right next to him has got wicked red hair. <laughs> How do you reckon this day's going to pan out, mum? And his Come name's on. Muzz. You're yeah. Mez and Muzz. Exactly. Mate, you're and asking for trouble. Where do you think this is going, mum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fact the house is not on fire already is a miracle. <laughs> So anyway, uh, the pair of us went down to the bottom of the house and uh, thought we'd just set a tiny little fire, just burn a few um, pine needles just to see what that looked like. Because they don't, they don't go up that fast, do they? No. <laughs> no. Anyway, we might have got the equation wrong because we took down some petrol to help us start the fire. <laughs> and uh, we didn't really realise that we'd kind of used a little bit too much. It was overkill. And it, mm. look, at the end of the day, my mum has come down to the bo- bottom of the property showing um, our guests around the house. And our trees are on fire. Oh, the house is on fire. Like trees, <laughs> trees are on fire. It's gone up into the canopy, and it's there was an overuse of a little heavy-handed on the petrol. <laughs> and your mum's like, "Well, you weren't a dickhead. You were an f-head." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, this is escalated. Oh, two really? I've gone up a notch. Have you set fire? You? Have, I'm uh, not a pyromaniac, but you know, unfortunately, I, in those times, we yeah. used to play with fire. Was it a thing that you? Did? Yeah, you do. You're a kid. You're sort of drawn to it. I had a couple of experiences that were bad with it. I um, I used to, I grew up in the country as well, as you know, and we had an empty block next to our house. And I just found a lighter and I was mucking around with it um, in the in the block. And it was all dry, dead grass. Grass and, Yeah. And I was like, click, click, click. And it didn't go to flame. It was just sparking. Mm. And then that just caught. And it was, I just freaked. The whole thing went up real quick. And I ran around into the yard, grabbed the hose. And it was that typical comedic moment of like running with a wet, like oh. the running hose. And then the hose ran out. Oh. I'm a kid, fall ass up. <laughs> and then dad's seen it going, what? And I'm just like, fuck. Fire! <laughs> and so dad's had to go and put it out, come back and just said, how did that get there? And I'm like, I don't know. Right. And then he's gone and sifted through the remnants and found the lighter, assumed it was me. I got a belting that day. Well, was oh. you? I got the belt. It was me. It was I know. But I kept saying while he was hitting me, In a similar, it wasn't me. <laughs> In a kind of similar effort, when Mars and I set fire to the back of my house and it had gone, as I said, reached into the, the small parts of the canopy there. Mm. In an effort to put the fire out, not even joking, and uh, I think my mum might have told my kids this, um, 
without even kidding. Mums and I panicked and we went, well, there's no hose here mm. down the bottom of the house. What do we do? Oh, I know. We'll whip out our own ho- hoses mm. and we'll try and put out the fire. You were on it. Yeah, with urine. Because we thought that we'd have a big enough tank to put out this fire. Yeah. And of course, it had gone up into the canopy now. So we're trying to mm. aim up. Before we knew it, Todd Carney's there. I'm going, Todd, what are we doing here? He goes, fellas, you're doing it all wrong. Let me show you. In, in your mouth and spit. In your mouth and spit. <laughs> uh, it's already gone there. It's only like 20 past four on a Monday afternoon. It's already gone there. One triple three five three. Let's open up the, the phones now for fires that have got out of control. If you've done one, yeah. Bit of fight, see? That music doesn't inspire you. I don't know what will. No, Maybe we, you've been out camping. Camping's always oh, a classic yes. case of, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Bang. Boom. Forest fire. <laughs> it, ends, it ends badly. It could be at home. It could be out camping. It could be anywhere at all. But have you been involved in a fire that has got out of control? How did it happen? Oh, surprise, surprise. There's already a trillion calls. <laughs> Taking your calls on 13353. About fires that have got out of control. You might have seen the smoke haze. <laughs> Today in Sydney, pretty hard to miss. Mm. I've already been out for a run this morning, so I can soak up some of that goodness. And on that point, in all seriousness, health authorities are encouraging people with respiratory problems or asthma to stay indoors where oh, possible. Tar, how about you give us a heads up? Tell us the day before. before. Maybe they wanted to go for a run. Well, exactly. Uh, there's, Tell no, us. there's nothing wrong with cancelling your run if you look outside and you can't Mate. see five feet in front of yeah. your face. But Social you know, media, it's so easy. Just tweet out, hey, guys, going to be burning some stuff tomorrow. Yep. Maybe stay indoors. Yep. Hashtag cough, cough. People, every... <laughs> oh, my God. Can we get that trending, please? <laughs> and everybody is choking and feeling shit ass, of course, uh, with the exception of Asian students who wear oh. the surgical masks right now. They're just going, ha, <laughs> yeah. ha, sucked in. We should yeah, all be, be doing that right now. Prepared. They're the smart ones. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared. <laughs> and they are. We've got Mal in George's Hall. G'day, Mal. Hey, how you going? Very good, mate. All right. You've uh, lit a fire that's got out of control. I, I've lit a couple. Um, accidental, every one of them. Right. But sure. first one was I was about nine, ten years of age. I used to watch my brothers light the incinerator. <laughs> and it was raining, and I thought it was a good thing so as to throw a can, uh, some petrol onto the fire, mm. not realising there were cinders there. Oof. And um, the fire came straight back up into the can. Yes, it did. Oh. Yes, it did. <laughs> and so, you know, at that age, did the right thing, threw the can in the air, it landed in the backyard, oh. ran inside, grabbed my brothers and my sister and went, there's a fire out the back. <laughs> right? And my eldest brother, who at that stage, as I said, it was waning, thought the best thing to do was to grab my mum's best sheets, which were in the wash and wet, <laughs> And threw them on top of the petrol can. Oh. So, as far as it was concerned, that put smothered out the fire. That was not a problem. They put the sheets away. We, we, we thought, what do we do here? Hide this from mum and dad. No worries. So, what ended up happening was we put the sheets and everything back into the washing basket and we let it go and figured that that would be the end of it. <laughs> Until mum the next day went to rewash all the sheets and everything else and found all these big, nice holes in them. Oh, Jesus. In the shape of a, in the shape of a, of a petrol <laughs> can. <laughs> yeah. the, words, the words Victor. Two shots burned into the sheets. <laughs> you boys know anything about this? Nah. Uh, nah. No idea. No idea. Dad oh, must yeah. have had explosive Dad. wind again. Dad. Uh, Tim in Ingleburn. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. How you going? Good, all right. You've had a fire get out of control? You had about 50 square metres of bamboo that I had cleared and set out in the middle of my front paddock. And uh, when I set that alight, I don't know if you know bamboo, but it's got these hollow sections, about 500 mil at a time. Mm -hmm. 
Well, when the air inside that expands from the heat, yep. you start getting explosions. Yep. When there's 50 square metres of bamboo piled up, you get many, many, many explosions. Yep. Wow. And when you get that in a built-up area, people start ringing the police thinking that this is next to Campbelltown. Yep. Yep. There's a gunfight going on. Of course. I mean, <laughs> make a, a sudden, logical assumption. The street is absolutely full of cops and riot police and SWAT teams, and I'm sitting in the back of a paddy wagon trying to explain that it's just bamboo. Oh, did you get oh, locked up? You got taken. They didn't take me, no, but they held me down for a while. Oh, oh. my God. So you've got explosions and fires and it's just total carnage going on, you know, in essentially a built-up suburban areas. Obviously, mm. somebody must have thought that the Bulldogs were playing at your house. <laughs> that, and that the... Yeah, if the Bulldogs could play the Bulldogs, that's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, T. Let's get to Adam and Piermont. G'day, fellas. How are we? Very good. Good-bye. You've had a fire get out of control? I didn't, but uh, when I was at school, um, we lived in a country area as well, and there seems to be common themes here with explosions and too much fuel. And yeah. uh, I was waiting for my mate to go to, uh, to cricket training, and it was a bit cold at this, uh, this stage, and he had one job to do, and that was to get the fire lit ready for his mum and dad to get home. So uh, he obviously took a couple of sneaky little shortcuts and decided to use the gasoline. Uh, suffice to say, I was waiting for him at my place. He comes screaming in the door with tears running down his face. Hey, you need to help me. You need to help me. The house is on fire. Oh. And uh, he'd, uh, he'd left the jerry can with the lid off next to the fire that he was trying to light. Oh. It's, followed, it's followed it back, exploded in the lounge room. He burnt the entire house down. No. Oh, entire house. We had to go over and help try and push one of the cars out of the garage. The whole house burnt down. He had to put him and his whole family had to stay with us for two weeks until they could get that different accommodation. Wow. <laughs> that's that's always yeah. coming up every Christmas too oh. now, isn't yeah, it? Oh yeah, absolutely. One yeah. job, Aaron. One, One job. job and, uh, yeah, couldn't <laughs> yeah. quite get it right. Aaron, do you remember when we used to have a home and we lived in the home? Yeah. <laughs> and then you burn it down, Aaron? Do you remember that? <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick. I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Now back to Triple M's American Australia podcast. Some interesting uh, news out of Canberra. Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce could be a foreigner. It's and- all it's all making sense to me now. It's all making sense because he he does dress a lot like Wall Footrot from Footrot Flats. He does. <laughs> He does. He? Hat. He's got his bum crack You're hanging out of on. his shorts. He is. A, he is a Clark John Clark character. He's, yeah. So it turns out that you know we've, we've seen this recently that every politician has been scrutinised now about their dual citizenship, mm. and we've seen members of the Greens, the Liberal Party, the Labor Party. Everybody's been scrutinised, and some have had to stand down as members 
of parliament because of their dual citizenship. Now, it turns out that possibly it has been um, uh, accused, I suppose you would call it, or certainly announced that authorities in New Zealand confirmed that our Deputy Prime Minister is indeed a citizen of New Zealand. It's been confirmed in the last 15 minutes, Mez. But he's, he, it has been. It's been confirmed, by, been the, confirmed. by the NZ Prime Minister. He said, unwittingly or not, he is a New Zealand citizen. So here's the thing. He's got right. to stand down. Well, right that's now. It. He's gone. Isn't it funny, or well, not funny, kind of scary a little bit, mm. that if Malcolm Turnbull, for any reason, was not the PM anymore, just say, you know, uh, horrible incident, died of an explosion in his prostate. Gone, mm. right? Uh, a fire got out of control. Fire got out of control in his prostate. He lit, right. a, he lit a small fire in his prostate. Didn't realise it was going to blow up. It did. Dies. Yeah. Um, then the Prime Minister sitting would be Barnaby, Barnaby Joyce, Joyce, who's actually a foreign national. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Barnaby's, first of all, has got to be sent to Manus Island. Straight, Straight away. away. <laughs> Straight away. And no man. learning how to jump fences for him. No. <laughs> no. Straight there. Um, well, and- this, this now, it adds to that long line of things in the argument of, is it Australian or is it? And New Zealand, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because I thought Barnaby Joyce was Aussie as. Yeah. If you told me right. if, if I had to sit a citizenship test, mm. and the question was how Aussie is Barnaby Joyce, I would have gone Ken Oath fully. Ken Oath, because yeah. that's heaps. actually the answer. Yeah, yeah. Heaps as. Yeah. Totes. No, no, not quite. No, heaps as or Ken Oath. <laughs> well, I have in in that sort of thinking, I've prepared a quiz for you guys today. See, it's like Pavlova. We think we think Pav is 100% Australian. Well, don't 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 give it what, away. That's it? one of the questions. Wow. Is it? Well, I've ruined it then. You're crushing okay. all my dreams <laughs> That's here. That's a good quiz. So wow. the, the quiz, I'm going to give you an item, a person, a thing. Yeah. Uh, you got to tell me whether it's from Australia or New Zealand. Okay. Your name is your buzzer. Uh, just before we get into this, by the way, do you know that uh, Australia used to own New Zealand? It's listed oh. in the Constitution of Australia as a, right? as a state of Australia. When did we the give New it back? New Zealand were like, nah. They was like, no. Nah. But I think, actually, I think New Zealand was actually uh, populated, colonised before Australia. It was. They had a part of the British colony of New yeah, South Wales. But that's they, right. But I think seceded? before that, mm. have they actually seceded? Or they're just saying, no, we're not? Oh, I think they just said, no, thanks. We don't want to be part of that. Yeah. But I think, they were, although they were part of our sovereign territories, I think mm. that they were actually colonised before Australia. Okay. All right, so, first all right. one, here we go. Your name is your buzzer. Are these things Australian or New Zealand? Um, Anzac biscuits. Merrick. Yes, Merrick. They're Aussie as, 100% Australian. They are, they are New Zealand. The current incarnation first appeared what? in the St. Andrew's Cookery Book in Dunedin in 1921. In Dunedin? In Dunedin. But hang on a second. In 1921, hang on a second, backtrack. How could it be when the Anzacs didn't form until Anzac Cove in 1915. I think, renamed it. I think the soldiers came before the biscuits. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But no, but my understanding is that the biscuits were named Anzac biscuits because they were sent to, to the, the diggers yeah. in the trenches. Well, I'm going to have to... The reason why... Hang on a second. Wait a tick. The reason why they, the biscuits were selective, that's the reason, the reason why those particular biscuits were sent, is because they didn't have um, milk perishables in them. So mm. they wouldn't turn. So you could, they, were like, they were tacky biscuits, which meant that they could go for long periods of time in transportation and heat. And when they reached the soldiers, because they were full of uh, oats and full of uh, molasses and sugar, they would be preserved. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... I'm just imagining you on sale of the century right now, trying to win a point after 
after losing a point. This I think Merrick's proved that he hates losing. Liam, Liam's seen this Cam. at a trivia yes, one night. Mate. At a trivia no, night one no, night, I on. took the, I took the trivia master to task, and I All said, right. "No, which bowl war are you referring to? The first one or the second one?" And he said, "The first one." And I said, "Well, you're wrong then." Yeah. And we went back and we googled it. It turned out I was wrong. You were we right. had a charity fundraiser <laughs> yeah. on the roof here at Merrickville. Mm-hmm. A charity fundraiser. Yeah. Mr. Watts spat it. <laughs> left. Because, he left. Because out. people were able to purchase the answers to the questions for oh. charity. Oh. And he spat it and left. Because you're like, you I can't care. cheat. You can't <laughs> cheat. What price do you put on wrong? <laughs> anyway, Mez, you're wrong. Anzac biscuits are from wrong. New Zealand. Nah, I'm not buying that. That's okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Next one. This one's an audio clue, so you've got to listen up. Is this from Australia or New Zealand? Oh, Cam. Ah. Yes, Cam. New Zealand. No, Merrick, Crowded House is from Australia. They're from New Zealand. Zealand. Oops, wrong one. You are correct, Cam. Is that split ends? That is split ends. That's split, oh, ends. split ends, all right. There you go. Uh, they originated in house. Auckland in New Zealand in 1972. And they actually changed their name from split ends, spelled mm. with N-D-S, to N's, as in N-Z, to N-Z. demonstrate that they're from N-Z. There you go. So there you go. Okay, all right. Well, all right. Wrong on that one. Next yeah, one. It's not the end. Are you going to walk out on this? You're going to walk out on this pretty <laughs> <So> soon. <laughs> Cam, unless you start getting show. things wrong. <laughs> okay. The flat white, Australian or New Zealand? Oh, Cam. Yes. Australian. Correct. The first flat white uh, came appeared on a menu, Moore's Espresso Bar in Sydney in mm-hmm. 1985. Really? There you go. Yep. Two to yeah. Cam, one to Mez. I'm getting nervous. Okay. How are you feeling? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I don't like this. Do you want a was... flat white? No, I want to go back to questions about Anzac. <laughs> All right. Biscuits. Sorry, there's no other war questions, Mez. <laughs> well, Far lap. Merrick. Yes, oh. Merrick. Kiwi. Correct. Yeah. Correct. His height is in Melbourne. His skeleton is in New Zealand. His heart is in Canberra, but he was born in New Zealand. So far up is New Zealand. Still, you're on the board. He still calls Australia home. <laughs> well, he doesn't because he's dead. Yeah. But if he did, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Okay. The Pavlova. Merrick. Yes, Merrick. It's New Zealand. Incorrect. It's from oh, Europe. Hey! Oh, it's from Europe. Oh, yeah. Okay, because in Europe, they love a bit of kiwi fruit sliced on their pants. <laughs> We've appropriated it, have we? From what country is it from? Uh, it's from Germany. Is it? Hence the music. The music? Yeah. Oh, okay. I um, thought you got yeah. festive. I thought yeah. you liked Australia and Did New Did you hear that music and just get instantly thirsty and start <laughs> thinking about a schnitzel? I wanted to just dance on a table and drink <laughs> litres <laughs> of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that and I went, who cares? Let's just drink. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Another audio clip. Okay, Cam. No, it's got this. That's Australian. Correct. There you go. Correct. Formed in Melbourne. Right. Neil okay. Finn is a Kiwi, but the other two blokes, Paul Hester and Nick Seymour, both yeah. Australians. Yeah. Last one. Here we go. I think Cam's got an unassailable lead, but I'll make this last question with five go. points, Messi. Okay, great. I'm okay. in. Let's do it. <laughs> On average, Australians consume 12 pies per year, while neighbouring Kiwis consume 15 pies a year, but who invented the meat pie? Merrick. Oh, he's going for the win. So this is a long pause. It is. It is. Just thinking so music nervous. or something. You, look at it. You should, if you could be here, the face, <laughs> the tension. The British. The, oh, was that another trick question? Yeah, he's got it too. I didn't have any British music, but it was invented in medieval Europe as a way to Medieval me. Europe. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I know it's only a stupid quiz, but... <laughs> So you can probably hear that uh, Mez is not only a poor loser, he's a poor winner <laughs> as well. Uh, can I plug my show as well? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can plug, you plug the show. There you go, just plug my show then. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you that talk, was the lamest way to do it too. <laughs>
Oh, can I plug the show, everybody? Yeah, As like we're coming with in. three seconds to go. I'm never coming back again. Nah, this is it. No, no. This set professional standard we've set We just talked about fires out of control. I just set fire to this bridge. It's over. Mate, the fact that you didn't use a swear is astonishing. Cam, is there something you wanted to say about your show? September 1st, 7 p.m., Sydney Comedy Store. Come along, solo show. I butt in on myself all the time. <laughs> Go and see Cam, a very funny comedian. Sydney, what Sydney talks. September 1st. September 1st. Right. Very, oh. very funny comedian with absolutely no mic technique. No mic technique at all. Like I said, that's why I'm in here one day a week. You're here to meet the standard that's already set, and you've done that. Well done. Uh, Speaking oh. of uh, speaking of public speaking, I um, yeah. I am at a friend's wedding on Saturday night. Yes, and that guy. It was great, yep. great wedding. Two very very lovely people, Brendan and Kate, good friends mm-hmm. of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, they wanted um, the best and most affordable comedian they could find. Oh yeah. So they got me because I'm for free. Great. And uh, I'm not going to lie, nailed it. You know, oh, that's good. Yeah, you know when you have a gig and you just go, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I, I got that. I made a joke about the uh, father-in-law wearing uh, being sponsored by Kelly Country. Brought the house down. I didn't, even, I didn't even understand the joke myself. <laughs> I just said it. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. No. That's Kelly Country. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's affordable suits. Oh, I'm really yeah. happy for <laughs> it. <laughs> Somewhere between Gazman and Lowe's. Okay. Around there. Yeah, that's a yeah. good description. Oh, that's great. That's a good description. And uh, there was a police officer in attendance, so I made jokes about him selling ecstasy. Brilliant. Of course he doesn't. Brilliant. But everyone went, that's people quite love funny. That. A few yeah. people going, oh, that's a bit rich. But otherwise, it went pretty well. You would have been asked to, to be an MC. I More have, than a few times, I'd imagine. I've emceed, I've emceed one before. I've also been a best man, um, and they've they've all gone pretty well. Did you talk for long? Did you? Did nah, you, you just nah. sort of rolled through, don't yeah, you? My yeah, my idea is you get the housekeeping done, do yeah. a few jokes, be a bit unsavory, but don't push a line and don't do swears. Yeah, then you let everybody else have a crack. I rocked up to a friend's wedding um, years ago, and then we went to the reception, and they didn't have. They hadn't organised speeches or anything like that. And um, my mate's dad, who, you know, he just comes up to me and goes, well, you're a comedian, mate. You can just bloody host it. And I was like, host what? <laughs> and so then I just had to piece together like a bit. Oh. I just started doing material and mucking around and then just went, oh, does anyone actually want to say anything? And because <laughs> it was the most disorganised wedding I'd ever been to in my life. And so people were like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get up oh, and say something. Don't do and that. It was, don't it was, it was floor, insane. Cancer. Yeah, it was really, well, no one had had a speech planned or anything like oh. that. They were like, it was just really low key, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm thrown in to be this MC and just host it. You know, make sure it works out. Just a bit of an open mic night. It's very, it was basically like that. That's the, like literally the worst case scenario. I see that. Going, no. So this was what was great about the uh, the wedding I went to on the weekend is that all of the people who spoke were all really articulate, oh, that's uh, nice. on time. What that didn't drag. There was no drunk dads. You know, right. there was no best men doing root stories from the nineties yeah. where you just go, oh, no one wants to hear this. Much. So it wasn't in the no shire. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> it wasn't in the shire. My wedding, um, my wedding sort of dragged because it like the speeches we broke it up. We should have done it in one big block. Just get it done. Yeah, That's yeah. Anyone who's planning on getting married out there, make sure you just do it all. Get the speeches done early because everyone wants to drink. And so we'd stretched ours over way too long. So by the time I got up, I'm headlining my own show here. Yeah. Right? So I got up. Everyone's a little bit. No, it wasn't. Everyone was hot. Everyone was oh. a little bit, you know, toasted. And I, I sort of fluffed it. I thought I'd come out and open with a couple mm. of gags. It just sort of went south. And I followed my best man who, this is why it went weird for me. He started saying... To everybody, oh, I could have gone either way for Cam. Could have gone either way for him. <laughs> and and he said it three times in this speech to the point that people afterwards were coming up to me just going, mate, I didn't know that you were gay in your 20s. <laughs> and I'm like, what? 
It could, and they were like, it could have gone either way. And I'm like, no, he meant like I, I could have maybe never got married or probably got arrested and been in jail by now. Not made life choices. Not made a good life choice. you from the very event that you're at. Exactly. It was some, I mean, so I'm doing my speech and everyone's looking at me going, is he bi? <laughs> It's <laughs> the weirdest wedding ever. I, I was at uh, I was emceeing a wedding years and years and years ago, and the uh, father-in-law did a tight forty-five oh, minutes. Too much. Forty-five minute speech, right? Oh. And this is no joke. At one stage, it just gone too far, and I just got up. And I've done this unfortunately a couple of times. One time it didn't work as well, but this time it worked well. Where I've got up. And just said, I'm sorry, but everybody wishes that you would stop. Top heckle. You know what? I could do a joke here, or yeah. I could just tell the truth. And I said, I'm yeah. sorry, but everybody wishes that you would stop. You're hurting them now. Yeah. And we'd, yeah. we'd all like to have a drink and move on. <laughs> yeah. And he just went, oh, okay. And, uh, then, and then tried to wrap it up with another five. Yeah. Well, that actually, Holy that five. reminds me of the time I was giving the wind up at, at, uh, <laughs> at bowls. When you've told these stories in your head, they've mm. only gone for five minutes. But yeah. when you use your mouth to do it, it's 45. Yeah. Let's, let's, t- let's slowly Three to five back. minutes max for a wedding. That's 100%. it. Don't get sticky feet. Couple of anecdotes. End with something, you know, heartwarming. Get yep. out of there. Get to the bar. Like have a whiskey. Production meeting for this show, I think. <laughs> Fair call. Do you want to end with? I think Cam's got a show to promote. Actually, oh, yeah, guys. Did you, you know that I've got a show? <laughs> okay, what is it? Give us, the, give us the details. I'm doing a full solo hour. I'm just doing an encore performance of my festival hour. Uh, September the 1st, 7pm at Sydney Comedy Store. Tickets great at venue. Ca- great venue. Um, big venue, 300-seater. Come and fill it up for me. Yep. Uh, camnight.com.au for ticks, my friends. Get on board. Cam, we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Gary Megan, and I do a little show on Podcast One called A Plate to Call Home, and it's about fascinating people all centred around food. This is a show for foodies, but it's more than that. It's a show about the people and the stories behind food. I think you know that I'm obsessed by food. Everything in my life revolves around it, and I love nothing better than to spend a little time talking about people that are equally as passionate, sharing their stories, and getting to know what makes them tick. It's called A Plate to Call Home, and it's available on the Podcast One app or on podcastone.com.au. Now back to Triple M's American Australia podcast. Love to have your company live and in person this Sunday at the Wayward Brewing Company in Camperdown, where we're going to meet up with local brewmaster, Peter Phillip. He's going to take us on a tour through the factory, uh, through the brewery, um, and followed by some <clears throat> samples. <laughs> <clears throat> that may take slightly longer than the actual tour. So uh, if you like uh, stimulating your neurons and then killing a few, <laughs> be listening to Maryville all this week for your chance to come along. And I'm going to give you a chance in just a second. I just want to tell you a little bit about um, our, uh, our brewer there, Peter Phillip. Uh, just read on a sheet, and this is interesting. This has been just, <laughs> have you seen this, Liam? You know the bit I'm going to talk about? Yeah. It says here, um, Peter Phillip, a serial entrepreneur. Peter founded his first business at age 18, a serial entrepreneur. Mm. Guys, just a quick tip. The word serial <laughs> is never, ever yeah. a good pre-context no. to anything. No. Even if you're a serial millionaire, yeah. it still sounds like creep to Sounds like he's done something very wrong to get those millions. So let's call him Tops Entrepreneur, Peter. Just call him, he's a brewmaster. Pete, yeah. 
and he's a good bloke. We had a bit of a chat to him on Friday. And he's got a couple of loud mates, and we're all drinking that oatmeal pale ale uh, as we speak. So it's an oatmeal. Uh, <laughs> Peter, you can't see this right now, but Merrick is literally considering a career change in his head, sitting at the desk right now. You should be in here every uh, every uh, weekend. You are spot oh, on, Peter. There, you Peter. don't know what you've just done. <laughs> that is an open invitation, if I've ever heard one. That's like you know how they say vampires have to be invited yes, in. Yes, you've just... just done that. Oh. So I'm going to drink Peter dry. So, so, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to. Going to go down there and have a couple of samples, but and destroy his business with my drinking ability. Ah, oh, no, we'll be all right. I'm sure. This uh, is this is exciting, though. Look, the reason why I wanted to do this is because, and it was my idea. There's no no one approached us to do anything. I just thought it'd be good because we've all got a fascination. I like beer. Beer's great, but I actually really don't even know how you make it or anything like that. I haven't really seen the process fully. It hasn't been explained to me mm. because I used to do homebrew with my brother when we were younger, like a lot of blokes have done, and. With mixed results. Mm. Every now and again, you get a really good batch. And then every now and again, I'd be involved and put too much sugar in it. Yep. And then, bang! Uh, literally in the middle of the night, my brother was woken up by exploding bottles. Because I just went, nah, she'll be right. Just put a little bit more sugar in there. No, you don't. You just go by the recipe, you fool. <laughs> I, get the, I, get the, I get the feeling that that's probably the same reason you were banned from chemistry class at high school. Oh, banned from everything. As soon as you found something could explode. Yep. Let's put more of that in. Yes, and also too from um, the female servicing industry. Okay, I came from that right. because I put too much sugar in it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even make There's sense. No need for that to go there. <laughs> no, I know. But it just felt right. right. Felt right at the time. I'll look back. So, at that. all right, what are we? What are we asking for? What do we want okay. to hear from? We got. We got. We got a chance to join us on the tour this Sunday. Yeah. For your chance to come along, I want to know about your beer brewing cock ups oh. when you've tried to make when you've tried to make a home brew. And it has just not worked out for whatever reason. And I know it's simple as, you know, you can have, oh, I just made it a bit crook. Mm. But there's everything from poisoning people, yeah. uh, which my brother did to himself, I reckon. He he got a bit crook from a, a brew he made. Um, we want these to be, you know, fun stories, though. We don't want to hear any really sad No, people dying. You're correct. That's what I'm... Non, yeah. Non-dying stories, yeah. is, I think that goes without saying. Because as much as you're talking about all the samples, this is going to be educational on Sunday. 100%. We're going to learn some learn. stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's about. It's about education, Liam. It's not about drinking, you fool. It's about learning. That's what we stand for here at the show. Uh, so give us a call. one triple three five three. Tell us your beer brewing cock-ups when it's not gone quite the plan. On Sunday, we're going to have a tidy little session of learning. It's learning session at the Wayward Brewing Company in Camperdown. The boys there are going to host us, and the brewmaster, Peter Phillips, is going to take us through the brewery uh, and show us how they make the beer there. Uh, the Young Henry's boys were there on Friday when we spoke to um, Peter, and uh, they sound like they like to have a beer or two themselves. A bit of sampling will be required on Sunday. Because we're doing this mess. Merrick's Tury of a Brewery. Oh, you sounds really beer with food. I bought one, thank you, Al-Qaeda, frankly. Perhaps a bit extreme, mess. Too yeah. much. Merrick's taking you to Wayward Brewing Company Sunday, August 20, 104.9 Triple M. Funny thing is, that thing where I said about if you don't drink beer, Al-Qaeda, that's something I've said on air. It's not even taken out of context. <laughs> Jesus, I'm a worry. <laughs> Sunday, we're going to be heading off to the brewery to learn more. And uh, this might assist some people get on the line now because I'm asking you, what brewing cock-ups have you had for your chance to come along on Sunday? We've got Doug and Menangle. G'day, mate. Yeah, how are you going? Very good, Dougie. All right, you've made a bit of homebrew and it's gone wrong. Uh, yeah, just a little bit, mate. Just listen to blokes uh, giving you advice. And somebody said instead of putting sugar in, uh, put sultanas in there. So, Oh, yeah, they're, they're, quite, they're quite rich in sugar. 
Well, yeah, me being me, thought, do you put one, two or three? And we go, oh, I'll just put three and don't worry about it. That'll do. I uh, went up the garage a little while later, mate, and discovered uh, all my bottles had all blown up. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as though, because, like, I mean, I don't know how many times you've drunk Sultana beer before, Doug, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it might be... no, no. They reckon it goes potent, but I you only suppose to put one, one in. One Sultana. One Sultana. Yeah, that's what they reckon. That's what I was told, but I... All right, Doug, hang on. Doug, I thought... Let's, let's backtrack a second. <laughs> the blokes who told you, were they professional brewers or were they just a couple of blokes who'd had a whole heap of cans already? Mate, I think it was a whole heap of cans and I think it was just a full-on G up on, on, on me. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they got me a, a good one, I think. Yeah, in your second batch, you put half a box of Just Right in there. So I think, <laughs> I think they've had... They've had a crack at you, Dougie. Didn't second, didn't get to the second batch. I just went down and bought a carton. <laughs> That's the way. That's the Australian way. If it looks like it's too hard, give up, do something else. We've got Stephen Belmore. Hello, Steve. G'day, guys. All right, you're brewing cock up, mate. Far away. Uh, so first one, uh, put the yeast in when it was too uh, when it was too hot. Killed the yeast. So that was a waste. Tossed that out after I realised it wasn't bubbling. Yeah. Uh, second one, got in there. Everything was perfect. Everything was bottled, pristine. I was very precise and didn't drink the entire time. And about a week out from being able to refrigerate it, the shelf collapsed and every bottle broke. Oh. <laughs> it's technically a storage cock up, Steve, but I will accept that as part of our brew talk. <laughs> Nicely done. Let's get to Tim in St. Mary's. Good day, Timmy. Hey, mate. How's things? Very good indeed, mate. Are you a home brewer? I was a home brewer, mate. I was in my younger day. Okay. All right. Tell us about your brewing cock up. Okay, mate, we uh, used to do it in a wheelie bin. <laughs> oh, um, Jesus. Hold on. Which is two, you, it was, oh, it was 225 litres. Yeah. And when you put the tap in it, you used to get about 207 litres out of it. So hang on and, a second. Tell, you, oh, okay. Let's backtrack a second, yeah. Tim. Number one, just tell me you got this bin new and it wasn't one you just knocked <laughs> off the curbside. Oh, don't get Merrick started if you've knocked it yeah, off. Because we used to do it at the bakery, so we... we we acquired them through bakery funds. Right. Okay. So you stolen from work. You got yourself a bin. Nice. No, we actually did it at work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, brewing baker. Yeah, yeah. Because the bakery is the perfect place. You get your even temperatures day in, day out. Yeast. Yeah, yeah. Yeast, sugar, all that sort of stuff. And you could put it in the cool room and have drinkies when you're finished. And, yeah, we put it in the cool room and... Halfway through the night, come back through, and it blew the top third out of the uh, whiz bin. Oh. So it was all through the cool room, and oh. we lost about 5000 bucks worth of product. Oh, Tim. Yeah, boss wasn't happy. No, I bet he wasn't. Number one, you're using his <laughs> bin, and you've made an improvised <laughs> explosive device, mate. You've got an IED in the back room. It's not the way it's done. No, no. So we... Uh, Learned not to do it at the bakery anymore after that, and we reduced the size of bins that we used. Yeah, because you blokes were starting to do your own little home version of um, Hurt Locker and started, <laughs> and I mean the movie, where you have to wear an armoured suit to go and check on the brew. So how did you seal it off at the top then, Tim? Silicon. Right, so you'd silicon the lid down? Yep, and put your drill little holes in the top, put your rubber grommets in, and then put your, we had about four of them little airlocks in the top of it. Yeah. And then down uh, the bottom, you just drill the hole and put in like a a, a, a grommet and then a, a pipe or something like a little tube for the tap? No, we actually uh, went to a plumber and the plumber put a proper tap in for us. 
You don't do things in half, mate. Sounds like the world's worst ad for Bunnings at the moment. Just, just yeah, get a wheelie bin, get some sealant. Sounds like the world's worst ad for beer as well, Tim. Mez, you got to pick one. Yeah, you got to pick one. I reckon we'll take Timmy. I reckon he's he's had a crack. Two hundred and seven liters of beer in one in one wheelie bin, mate. I'd love you to come along on Sunday. Oh hell yeah, mate! That's all yeah, of the children who will not be attending on Sunday <laughs> applauding uh, at your presence there, mate. We'll see you on Sunday. You want to bring a mate? Uh, yeah, mate, I'll try and track one down. I'm not new to the area, but I'll find a mate to come. Good on you, Timmy. We'll see you on Sunday, mate. Stay on the line. I'm going to produce all that, get uh, all your details. Great to have your company, Sydney. And we have just been flooded with positive feedback. It's coming from every channel, uh, from the, from phones to the computer has told me, um, <laughs> on the socials, they said some stuff and it's been just, oh, I've been bogged down with positive feedback about my new segment, um, Sydney Uncovered, an historical <laughs> revelation of old Sydney town. So obviously we all live here in Sydney and we think we know lots about the city, but the historical part that you're taught in, taught in school books uh, sometimes is a bit dry and sometimes you might little, miss little bits and pieces. Last week I did James Roos, mm. of course, from James Roos Drive. Fascinating. It was fascinating. Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. It was a farmer. That's, that's it was a farmer. That was, was my first, big takeaway. He got the first land grant in the colony. So in Australia, he got the first land grant to farm land, and he made a real fist of it. And then he lost all his money, and he relied on his wife, and it went pretty sour. And it for old James. But anyway, look, you know, he had a good start. Big fan of me, uh, of my my thinking, which is peak early. Um, did you just say James Roof was a big fan of yours? I did. I did. But I wouldn't be surprised if you. I know you take some liberties when you write these things, mm, but mm. well, if you want to see some real liberties. Uh, today I focused on the Harbour Bridge, not the actual Harbour Bridge, because most of us do know a, a bit of history about yeah. the Harbour Bridge, but what was going on before the Harbour Bridge? How did people transit the water before the Harbour Bridge was built? Because there was no bridge before the Harbour Bridge. That was the first and only bridge to cross Sydney Harbour. Really? Yeah. That's okay. the first one. So before that, they had ferries. And this is a very accurate <laughs> portrayal of history. <laughs> Prior to the Sydney Harbour Bridge. You live in this city, but do you know what lies beneath? This is an incomplete history of Australia's first colony. This is Sydney Uncovered. We all know the historical Harbour Bridge, but what existed before the iconic coat hanger? How did people cross south to north? How did incredibly horny yet sexually unsatisfied Mossman housewives cross Sydney Harbour, I hear you ask? No, Troy, it was not a tunnel. Although there was a... Well, yeah, anyway. In December 1801, an entrepreneurial convict named Billy Blue arrived in Sydney aboard the Menorca. In no time at all, he identified a hole in the market, getting bored, exceedingly horny Mossman housewives to Sydney Cove. Billy Blue began ferrying passengers in a rowboat between the north side of the harbour and the south side. Some say that occasionally Billy would stop halfway for a rest and would sometimes offer housewives a different type of paddle. Okay, okay. What? No, Mez, you got to stop. That is not even remotely true. There's Shut no up, way. Liam. I'm rewriting history, not you. Billy was a man whore. Billy eventually became local legend with the suburb Blues Point commemorating his efforts. No confirmation if Blue Poles also got its name from Billy's efforts, but if what I'm making up is true, yes. 
1861 saw the formation of formal ferry services with the North Shore Ferry Company, which operated the first commuter-style ferry across the harbour. Good timing, because old Billy was getting on a bit and the Viagra Costa line was sending him broke. Plus, there was rumours that Billy had picked up pant barnacles. It's unfortunate. Right up until the 1880s, around 80% of Sydney's people lived within walking distance of Sydney Harbour. Even so, Darling Harbour was still a massive white elephant, despite the world's first IMAX theatre built in 1854, consisting of everyone laying on the grass and looking up at some local actors doing Shakespeare whilst wearing two glass bottles over their eyes. It was terrible. Several people were killed by bin chickens and eventually people abandoned the area never to return again, as evident today. By 1899, ferry services were integrated into Sydney Ferries Limited, which became the world's largest ferry operator by fleet size and making a shit ton of cash. Before the opening of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the busiest route was on the circular key to Milsons Point, where passengers would change on trams or trains to reach destinations as far away as Hornsby, where upon arrival, they would be issued a pair of crocs and a pamphlet on how to give up on life. By the late 1920s, more than 50 ferries serviced the Inner Harbour runs, while eight larger ferries were on the longer Manly run. Sydney Harbour Bridge was opened on the 19th of March 1932 and almost instantaneously the busiest ferry services were destroyed. The Sydney ferries became the world's first Betamax recorder. Within 12 months, the fleet was reduced by half and only a few remaining excessively horny Mossman housewives continued to jump on Bluey, as it was known then, although no-one ever sighted them getting on a ferry. That's for tourists and peasants, not for wealthy yet sexually deprived horny mums from okay, Mossman. Okay, well, all right, that's... that's uh, you made your point. The end. <laughs> <laughs> you have taken some real liberties there. Oh, not about Mossman mums. I feel bad. Not for, about Mossman mums. I feel bad that's for accurate. the history of Sydney and Mossman mothers. That's uh, Mez, amazingly, you talk about the you are you do take the piss a little bit about yep. the amount of feedback we've gotten. But someone has called in. Great about Sydney uncovered. We've got do Matt they... from Miranda on the line. Hello, Matty. Hello, Merrick. How are you going? Very good indeed. All right. What what's your thoughts on Sydney uncovered? I just want to let you know that uh, James Bruce is my go 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 grandfather. Um, are we liable? What's going? No, that's great. <laughs> No, no, no. And um, I've actually got a book at home. This is true. I do have a book at home of my great-grandmother. She was 102 when she died. She's got, I've got her book from English class, like, and it's dated, like, 1912 or something. Yes. Um, it's, her, it's her real English book, and she's got it's all this sort of stuff in there. It's bloody old. And um, there's, there's a bit at the back that refers to, it says something about James Bruce and whatever, and it says, I heart Merrick Watts. Bingo. So, I, yep. I didn't. I, we we were never able to pin it. We didn't really <laughs> understand what that meant, or yep, yep. If it was some historical reference to I don't know what, but no. it all makes sense. I told you. I said that just before I played the last one that James Roos was a huge fan of mine, yeah. and it turns out we've got well, historical I can, evidence. I can, I, I've got the book at home. The vouchers for. Yep. Take a photo of that with your phone. Send it in to us so I can rub it in everybody's faces. Matt from Miranda. <laughs> always a pleasure to have you on the show, and of course your family. <laughs> Sunday's going to be a big day. Merrick's Tourie of a Brewery. If you don't drink beer with food, I borderline think you're Al-Qaeda, frankly. Perhaps a bit extreme, Miss. Too much. Merrick's taking you to Wayward Brewing Company Sunday, August 20, 104.9 Triple M. That's right. And tomorrow you can listen in from four for your chance to join me. On Sundays we go for a tidy little session 
uh, of learning, learning session on Sunday. And speaking of learning, uh, Liam, I know that you have got a couple of questions because I uh, had a few, a bit of a beer quiz on Friday yeah. and embarrassed you with my knowledge well, of beer. You, you talk a big game when it comes to beer. And everything. Uh, and that comes to both consumption and yep. knowledge. Mm. Uh, and on Sunday, we're going to do both. Okay. So I wanted to make sure you're beer fit. Now, you can't drink on air, so mm. I figured I would test your beer mind mm. and make sure you're ready to go. Do it. I've got some questions for you. Okay. Go. go. This is giving an example of how much I like beer. How beer savvy you are. Okay. First question. Yep. Foster's is Australian for what? Uh, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Foster's flop. That's correct, isn't it? Australian for beer. Australian for beer. I know that. That's what, that's how they I had never heard of the Foster's flop that's before. What they, mate, because you're too young. In the 80s, everyone had erectile dysfunction as a result of drinking Foster's. Well, that's what I was led to believe. Foster's flop. You used to do the Foster's flop. I used to hear my parents talk about friends of their family, of our family, and they just go, oh, he suffers from Foster's flop, which means that he couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't get an erection when he'd been drinking. Okay. Too much information. <laughs> That's amazing. Which is, of course, not true. Okay. Foss, Foss is, I'm sure, is a, a fine lager. <laughs> We've run out of time now for the rest of the question. No, I'll give you one more. Oldest, where, which country, oldest record of beer being consumed comes from which country? Egypt. Bloody hell, that's impressive. Bang. Let's, let's wrap that's, it up. Let's that'll do. That'll two do. From two. I'll be back again tomorrow with your chance to join me at the Wayward Brewery in Camperdown for Touri, a tour of a brewery. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrick Villian. Uh, Merrick Villite. Merrick Villaman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9. Triple.